and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, I am joined by two great guests. We have Peg Borman. Peg is a volunteer with the Kling County Commission and Cassie Cordova. Cassie is the county's environmental sustainability coordinator. Welcome. Thank Thank you. you. So glad to have both of you with us. Now, Peg, you have been involved with the Kling County Commission for a few years. Do you want to give us a little bit of background about what you've done with the group? Yes, I'll try to fill you in. (laughs) I became a member of the committee who was uh, set up with Jim Robertson and Eula Radcliffe in 1979. And I was on that committee until it became known that it was going to be a regular commission set up by the Board of Supervisors. And because of my time constraints, I opted not to do that particular phase of it, although I've stayed active and volunteered since that time frame. I came back on the committee as a commissioner in 2001 with the urging of my big brother, Will Barnes. I now am the chairman and we were co-chair until he died in 2016. And then Emma Newman came on. She was then uh, selected to be a co-chair with me. Right now I'm serving on the commission as the chair with Heath Richardson. He's our newest member. And Charles Louderman, he was on on the commission when I joined in 2001. Tim Stanley, who is um, a great volunteer that I was lucky to, I was able to recruit him. And Kevin Radcliffe, who is the son of Eula Radcliffe. And we're very honored to have people serving with us. And Rachel West. There's been many other people that have been on the commission and have opted to go off. We have a great commission right now, and hopefully we'll, we can improve it and, and expand it. Well, for those of you who are listening, you may not be aware that Peg is actually a local celebrity, and Peg regularly <laughs> <laughs> regularly attends James City County board meetings where you, what is it that you do when you're there? Oh, I talk a lot of trash. <laughs> And everybody loves that. Everybody loves that. That's great. Yeah. Well, I kind of missed that because I haven't been since um, July. Oh, goodness. That's been a long time. Well, I got, I was real ill and I'm, I'm just now bouncing back. I'm going to be that rubber ball. Well, <laughs> well, that is wonderful. And may we all bounce back as well as you have done, Peg. That is awesome. Peg, what is the mission of the Clean County Commission? Well, we're really members should promote a healthy, uh, beautiful environment within the county and be strong advocates for recycling and efficient waste management. We encourage everyone to recycle, to conserve our finite natural resources, which are not going to do it on their own. We have to to do that for this earth and a planet and protect the environment for our future generations. Absolutely. Well, I know that this Kling County Commission is very, very busy, and there are lots of different programs and projects that you all work on. And so I thought that maybe today we could just go through several of them and talk about what they are. Some folks may be aware of some and not all. So this will be a good opportunity for you all to share 
this great work that you do in our community. Cassie, I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to you for a minute. Can you talk to us about this Adopt-A-Spot program? I've seen signs around the county. What is that about? Absolutely. So we have the Adopt-A-Spot program that was established around 2004, and there are signs around the county. There's also the Adopt-A-Park program. That's through Parks and Recreation. And so the Adopt-A-Spot, an organization, adopts a particular area in the county and they agree to perform ongoing cleanups. We ask for them to be quarterly, so four times a year. And we, the county will put up a sign in their spot with the organization's name, and they can put a slogan of their choice. And then they perform their cleanups, and they send us a report, and that way we can track um, how much litter is being removed from the county. What if I was in an organization that wanted to participate? How would I go about doing that? So there's an application and that is on our website. So if you go to the James City County website and you look under the Clean County Commission, which is under general services, you'll find the application there. Um, and this program or any of the programs that we talk about today, if anybody has any questions, they can they can go to the website and you'll find my contact information, email, and phone number on the website. Okay, great. And I think we'll include that in the show notes as well. So people will be able to find that link information. Thank you. Well, Peg, I'm going back to you. And I think we're going to talk trash a little bit, if that is okay. Talk to us about the annual countywide spring cleanup. This came about in 1979 in April because that's litter prevention month. And we enlist volunteers in the local area, any organizations or individuals that want to go out and clean up. And that's on the highways and the major routes if necessary and or the back roads. We have Oak Tree Hunt that does a great job up in the stone house on the back roads and, and in the woods. But there are so many illegal dump sites that. I was touring the county about every three or four weeks just to see if I found any extra ones that we know about. But um, I'm pleased to say I haven't found very many in the last couple of years. Thank goodness. We provide the bags and the disposal of all this trash. We have been very successful in clearing the highways and back roads and dump sites. But we have a lot of volunteers that have come together to do this. One year, I think we had about 700 people. Wow. That was our high point. <laughs> <laughs> but they give their time and their energy and go out and try to clean up the environment and make James City a better place to live in. Probably. Absolutely. And I think you all also give the, you may have already said this, but the orange safety vests. So while people are alongside these busy highways and roadways, they're, they're safe. Yes. Yes. And, and actually this year we had some grant funds that we purchased signs, the, the, the large orange signs. Mm -hmm. We've previously borrowed them from VDOT, but now we have our own set. I think we ordered quite a few, maybe nine or 10 of them. Okay. So we'll be putting those out uh, at more locations next year for volunteers. That's great. And again, these signs and these things that you all get, 
It's not people just going door to door going here, would like to give you signs or would like to give you picker uppers or things like that. These are grants and things that you all have applied for and work to get. Am I right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. We've been very lucky to have been able to do that. Absolutely. And we're very lucky as a community that you all are spearheading all of this to help people do the right thing. It's a really good project. Now, speaking of community, it's not just illegal dumping sites. It's not just the citizens that live here. It's also businesses, right? And so there's a Clean Business Forum Award. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, Cassie? Yes. So the Clean Business Forum Awards, they've been around um, since 1997. We're a co-sponsor for the Virginia Peninsula Clean Business Forum. And the other localities currently are Hampton, Newport News, and York County. So every quarter, the localities take turn hosting an award ceremony, and each locality presents an award to a local business. Now, unfortunately, most of last year, the award ceremonies were postponed, but we have reopened them, and we are currently looking for nominees to be recognized. So for this year, we're looking to see any businesses that have an innovative response to COVID. And if you know of any businesses or you, you own your own business and you'd like to be recognized, we encourage you to apply. Um, and again, that application will be on the website and you can submit it online. And we're looking, I think our turn to host isn't coming up to the summer, but, but we're July. still looking for applications to award and we won't be holding the large events still yet, but what we'll be doing is we'll just be going to the businesses and presenting them with the award personally instead of having a large event. Okay. And there's a sign that we put down in front of the business that indicates that they're the quarterly awardee and it stays there for the three months and then it's moved to the next one. Well, and I think that that's great as a community member to see and to have pride in these businesses that are doing the right thing and are participating in these programs. I think that that is great. Now, Peg, there is a program called Waste Chase. That sounds kind of fun. What's that about? Well, Waste Chase started before I came on the commission, and it was an opportunity for the citizens in the area to commission took them on a tour. The highlight of the whole program was the desalination plant, Route 5, when it was being constructed, and also the convenience centers when they were first incorporated out there for the citizens. And then the, uh, it was a tour at the James City Government Complex, also stopped at the, uh, the rec center, and different places of interest that people had indicated they'd like to know more about. And so that's what we did. And it was called a waste chase. And it was mainly to prompt interest in volunteering, mm -hmm. helping to clear the litter. I would like to consider restarting that sometime in the near future. Absolutely. Well, and I think that that's important because it gives people more of a complete picture of how all of this works together. And I think that that would be a great idea if we can to restart that. Another annual event that happens that you all 
take care of is the annual litter and recycling expo. And I remember I went to one several years ago and there were students there that made fashions, made clothes out of recycled things. And it really, really stuck in my mind. That's whenever I hear about the expo, that's what I think of is the trash fashion show. But anyway, Cassie, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So the annual Litter and Recycling Expo started in 2014. Now this event has kind of changed and morphed over the years. So probably the event you attended, uh, I'm not sure, it's it's changed location several times, Mm -hmm. but it used to be uh, more of an educational event where there was presentations and different businesses. Then over time, it's, it's shifted So the last few years, it's become um, more of a recycling drive where we are accepting hard to recycle items. We just had it in November. We partnered with several community partners, Trex for collecting plastic bags. Uh, A new nonprofit that we worked with this year was Souls for Souls. They collect shoes and other clothing items to donate to children in need. And then we also worked with Habitat for Humanity Restore to collect furniture and other building materials. This year it was a drive-through event and, and we had over a hundred citizens come through and we also provide free shredding and tire amnesty. So it was pretty successful this year, but we've been talking, Peg and I and some of the other commissioners about trying to either combine it back to what it was before Um, more educational, or perhaps separate the event into, um, so we'll have two separate events, one that's more of the expo style with the table presentations, and then one that's just the drive-through recycling drive. That's something that we're looking at, you know, as come January, we'll have our first meeting to plan for the year, and so that's something that we're considering for the future. Okay, well, very good. Now, Peg, you had mentioned a very special person, Will Barnes, and I know that every year you all have a special event where you all remember the work that Will has done. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I'm always happy to talk about Will Barnes. <laughs> um, like I said before, he's was like my big brother. We served in three or four different organizations, and, and he got me into most of them, so let's put it that way. His birthday is the 14th of June, and he always said that it was such an important day because it was Flag Day, and he was a a great patriot, and uh, also he was a veteran of of the Air Force. So he passed away on June 5th in 2016, and the Board of Supervisors instituted Will Barnes Day as 14th of June for his birthday. And also, uh, they built a shelter that was named for him over at Veterans Park. And so each year, as close to the 14th as we can get to it, we try to have a volunteer appreciation picnic because that was something that he was he had wanted to start. But unfortunately, he got sick just about the time that we started the expo. He never really came back full force. So I'm very happy that we are able to sponsor that picnic. We've had the first one, we had a tornado that hit the shelter. Just as we were getting set up, things went everywhere. They flew in all different directions. And even two of them 
commissioners were so small, two women, they were so small that we were having to hang on to them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. And it rained and carried on, but we, we still had that event. We just didn't have as many people and we weren't able to have it last year. We did have one this year and I guess we had about a hundred people that came out and it, to me, it's a very good opportunity to thank all of these volunteers that go out here and help us clean up. And I just hope that more people will get involved as time goes on. It's always held over at the Veterans Park in the shelter and surrounding area. And I want to send out kudos to the general services ground team because they set up them the chairs, the tables, they deliver them and they set up the tent that we use when it's going to be inclement weather. That's great. And I think, you know, as you well know, that it is so important to recognize volunteers and especially this group with all of the hours and all of the hard work that you all put in every year. It's it's truly amazing what you all do. Um, Cassie, when we had you on for the first time, this is your second time on the podcast, we talked about a new program with glass recycling. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So the new glass only recycling program, we just launched this in October. This is a partnership with OI Glass. We are collecting at the county convenience centers in the purple bins, glass only. Um, So previously, glass was put in the same containers with the plastic and the aluminum, but now we're keeping it separate. And the reasoning behind that is when you mix the glass in with the other materials and then it gets transported to the MRF or the materials uh, recovery facility, during that process, the glass breaks and then it goes through the machines breaking further and also potentially damaging the machines. And then what comes out of that process ends up being pretty contaminated, upwards to 20% contamination, 80% glass. And unfortunately, in order for recycling to be successful, you need an end market for the materials. And with that high contamination rate, A glass container manufacturer is not able to purchase that glass because the quality is just not high enough to produce new glass. Okay. What happens to that glass is it either gets turned into a fiberglass material or it can be used as alternate daily cover, which is um, where they put it as a layer on a landfill, which is a requirement for landfills. So it does have its purpose, but it's not truly being recycled. So with this program, we're able to keep the glass separate and therefore the contamination is so much lower. It's anywhere from two to 4% instead of 20%. And then we have our local manufacturer, OI Glass, where we actually are able to take the glass directly to them and they're able to turn it into brand new glass containers within 30 days. So this is a true recycling of the glass, as well as contributing to the local economy. Um, so the Clean County Commission, they we applied for another grant, uh, a competitive grant with the DEQ. And we just found out uh, last week that we were awarded it. And that grant is going to be used to purchase more purple bins. 
have the purple bins at the, the convenience centers and they're quite large. They're 10 cubic yards. But now we're looking to purchase smaller bins that we can place around the county in different locations. Do you have, and I may be putting you on the spot here, have we filled a dumps, one of the big bins yet with the glass? We sure have. Oh, great. We launched the program uh, in September. And by October, we had one container that weighed about a ton. It was 2,100 pounds. And then November, we had two containers. And, and then just yesterday or two days ago, the end of December, we had another two containers. And the weight of these was 14,400 pounds. Wow. In the first three months, we've seen a, a sevenfold increase in our glass collection. So the program is definitely working and people are bringing us their glass and we're very excited. That's amazing. Well, and I'll include again on the show notes, just a link to the original podcast and then um, links to the page on glass recycling. It's such a great program. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're continuing on so much good stuff. Speaking of grants, there is a grant program that you all administer, right? With the Clean County Commission, Peg. Yes, we have the uh, Good Neighbor Grant. We kick it off the 1st of August and the fall, and um, we give $500 to neighborhood associations or community groups that want to um, help with the uh, sense of community and mm -hmm. sustainability to, for the neighborhoods throughout the development. It's a landscape beautification project, and they apply for it. It is um, a good grant that helps to um, give them a, neighborhoods a edge on their financial situation. But it's it a great program, I think. And but this past year, we had the Fairway Villas, the Muse, and La Fontaine, and Jamestown, sixteen oh seven. The purpose of this is to make sure that something is made better and more beautiful. That's great. And $500 can go a long ways, especially when you have community members out there volunteering with the shovels and doing all of that work. Well, we try to have it match what they're putting in and then what we're giving. That's awesome. That is a great, great program. Now, Cassie, there is something that I've seen on the list, and I don't know if the, have, you've done this before. I missed it. I don't know how I missed it, but I'm going to be ready for whatever the next one is, and that is the fix-it fair, because there are so many things that we have in our homes that we use, and then it breaks, and it's like, uh, I'll just go buy a new one, which mm -hmm. is, is crazy. So tell me about this fix-it fair. So we, ha we haven't done one yet. Um, oh, good. So I have not missed it. No, no. this but. is an idea. They started out on the West Coast. I believe Portland, Oregon, uh, really started these a few. I've heard about them for quite a while. Our neighbors, Chesapeake and Suffolk, they just did one last year. So they're, you know, we have our monthly meetings where we all discuss what we're doing. And um, so I thought, you know, if they're doing it, we can do it too. And they uh, looked for skilled volunteers, AKA fixers. Mm -hmm. And they put it out to the public that you had to sign up in advance of some items that you wanted fixed. So that way they could get the right supplies and, and make a schedule. Um, so this is something that we're considering launching for this year. 
And they did uh, sewing, jewelry repair, small appliance repair, and I think furniture repair. Um, so we may do similar to what they did, uh, but we're also, you know, we're going to see what skills James City County residents have. And, and if somebody says they can fix, you know, lawnmowers, then maybe we'll have somebody fixing lawnmowers. Um, but we're excited about it. And the impetus behind it is kind of like, as you mentioned, we've become a bit of a throwaway culture. And now I know with growing up with my dad, you know, he would literally drive down the street and see something like a lawnmower or a vacuum cleaner out in the by somebody's trash can and he would pick it up and he would fix it and either use it or or have a garage sale and sell it mm -hmm. grew up with you know he was very adamant you know that people don't know how to fix things these days and sometimes it was literally the simplest to fix or some honestly things weren't even broken people just <laughs> bought something new when they threw right. it away so you know the idea of being more sustainable and we'd also like to have an educational component part of this so not just fixing the items, but educating folks on how they can fix their items as well. I think that sounds like such a great idea. We tried to implement it a couple of years ago in the, um, three years ago in the um, recycling expo. Mm -hmm. uh, we have people bring their stuff out and if they wanted to donate it, then we'd have somebody would fix it up and, and dispose of it wherever uh, it was feasible. but. We couldn't get anybody to volunteer to be the fix-it person uh, for the small engines. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we've now figured out there is an opportunity to do all of this. And so maybe we can do that as another fair. Mm -hmm. Now, I am concerned that we are going to cause domestic strain out there because there's going to be the people that are neat and like everything, you know, minimalized everything in their house. And then they're probably married to or live with pack rats <laughs> who are now going to start saving all of this stuff that's broken just in case. So I would really recommend, you know, coming up with some sort of middle ground there so you can save some broken stuff, but still take care of your neat person at your house. So my husband's listening to this right now going, oh, no, we're going to have a closet full of broken stuff. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. So. This has been so much information, so many great, great programs that you all are involved with. Before we move on, is there anything that we've missed that you want to talk about? I'd like to mention the litter index. Oh, okay. That's where we go. The commission goes once a year and usually do it in November after the leaves have all fallen and the ground is more bare and you can see the trash. We toured 250 miles, I know, at least, of the county, and it's an all-day thing. And we rate each area, and it's based on the watersheds. We have five or six watersheds in the, in the county. It is a great opportunity for us to see just how much litter is out there and when it's not been picked up on a regular basis. It comes under Keep America Beautiful, and since we're Keep James City County Beautiful, that's one of the programs that falls within in that jurisdiction. Well, and I think that it's definitely been shown that if one person leaves a tire or leaves a mattress someplace, mm -hmm. it's not going to be alone for long. People are going to see that as, oh, that's a place we can just go dump stuff. And that's what you all work so hard to keep from happening. Exactly. 
Yeah, and I also wanted to mention one other thing on the um, speaking of litter. So we talked about the adopt a spot program earlier, um, and where people choose a specific area to keep clean. But we've launched a new program called the Litter League, and the Litter League we've partnered with the Williamsburg Regional Library, and um, where citizens can go check out a litter kit for, I think it's a, a two week loan, or maybe it's a one week loan that they get the litter kit. And the litter kit provides everything they need to perform a cleanup. So those safety vests you were talking about earlier, pickers, uh, gloves, the bucket. So everything they need to perform a cleanup. And then this way it can be wherever they wanna perform a cleanup. So if they wanna go down to the beach or they wanna go to a park or they just wanna walk around their neighborhood, it's something that makes it a little more accessible for people that want, it can be just an individual or a family. Um, so it's not as much of a commitment as the adopt a spot where you're going out quarterly and um, getting the sign put up. So just wanted to mention the Litter League. Um, so that's at both the Williamsburg and the James City County locations of the library. You can pick those kids up. So, so much work to do, so much activity. What if you're sitting at home, you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, you know what? It's the first of the year. I want to get out and be a more active part of my community. I want to volunteer with PEG and the Clean County Commission. What do people do? If you're looking to volunteer or just get involved or be active, a member of the community, we're looking for individuals to be on the Clean County Commission. They're appointed by the Board of Supervisors for a three-year term. We try to stagger that in three-year increments, but right now, I think we're all expiring on the same day <laughs> or close to it. Okay, for the for the record, just expiring your term, not like expiring. Right? <laughs> you know, expiring a term, exactly. The members, we are appointed by the board and we are accountable to the board. We hold our meetings with the commission online with Zoom the first Thursday of each month at 5.30. And it's from 5.30 to 7. We usually are through by 7.00. And you have to be a resident of James City County in order to be eligible for this uh, membership. Also, we have other things that people can volunteer for. And I guess um, it's on the website. Cassie knows more about that than <laughs> I do. But. So, yeah, so we are definitely looking for active commissioners. But if you're not able to commit to the monthly meeting, you can just become a Keep James City County Beautiful volunteer. Um, a way to do that is if you go to our website, to the James City County website under general services, um, you'll see the, the section that says sustainability and get involved. If you click on that, there's a little sign up form where you can put your name and your email address. And we are launching a new newsletter that will be publishing our first issue in January. And that newsletter will keep you abreast of all these programs as they come up and any volunteer activities that we have, you know, some other things that we do like pollinator gardens, stuff like that. That'll keep you aware of all the volunteer activities and then you can pick and choose which ones you want to sign up for. Are any of the Clean County commissioners available to come and speak at, say, if I have, I'm part of a club or a group and we're interested in maybe learning more about these projects, can someone come and speak to our group? I think most of us are would be willing to come, although they're not always available. Sure. But but I know that I would be, and two or three of the others might be available to come and talk about it. And 
It would be really nice if we could get into the Powhatan district because I'm always giving Michael Hipple a hard time. <laughs> so we haven't had anybody from Powhatan since they drawed me out of it and put me in Stonehouse. Okay. I used to give John McLennan a hard time because we had nobody in Roberts, but now we've got two or three in, in Roberts and he stepped up the plate. I, I'm, I'm going to give him a little credit there. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, and for folks that are in charge of the agendas for their meetings, I don't think you can get any better interest with a line item that says Peg Borman talks trash. I think that, you know, everybody would come to those meetings. So you think so? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Cassie, is there a telephone number that people can call if they have more questions? If you're looking to find out any more information about any of these programs or a speaker for any of your events, a Clean County Commission speaker. Also, I do a lot of uh, speaking engagements about recycling. I know a lot of people, different organizations and neighborhoods always have questions about recycling. So you can reach me here at the county at 757-259-5375, or you can send an email at sustainabilitycoordinator at jamescitycountyva.gov. And both of those are on the website as well. Great. And we'll have that in the show notes too. Very good. Well, I would like to thank both of you. The work that you do, whether it's volunteer or coordinating volunteers and the sustainability efforts in the county is just remarkable. And we are very thankful to have you both here with us in James City County. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be that I can be of service and continue to make James City County a better place to live, work, and play. Absolutely. And I can and I'm going to talk trash from Alan. <laughs> <laughs> and I can assure you that every time you drive down a clean roadway in James City County, Peg Borman and her crew have had something to do with that. So I'm very thankful for you both. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe. That way you will be sure to never miss an episode. We also have a form online on our website at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast, where you can give us show ideas, comments, critiques. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much, and we will talk with you next time. Mm-hmm.